Okay. Hello. Episode three. The Um, best episode. Perhaps the best. Oh, it didn't come through. (laughs) And Audrey is burping. And a lot of Chinese food. Me too. Let's do another. What's another update with your life? Another update. Well, this is relative to the story I'm going to tell you. Okay. And you know it because you are my sister. Okay. Is this um, the name? That's mine. Well, uh, recently I finished working my sixth sixth season, um, working in the Appalachian Mountain Club's back country. You are talking so slow and I like it. Thanks. Okay. <laughs> and so <laughs> I, so I work I have worked for the past three years. I've done six seasons in the Appalachian Mountain Club's high mountain huts. They are these backcountry facilities where you can hike to can you move your food farther away from the microphone? You can't hear it. Can you? I think they could probably hear it. Basically, she lives in the mountains. Basically, for the past three years, I've lived in the mountains um, in New Hampshire. And that's where I met my fiance, Joel. And amazing memories. And it's the greatest job in the world. And I can't say enough about it. It's just fantastic. Mm-hmm. You learn to love your body. You learn to appreciate your abilities. And yeah, you carry a lot of heavy things, a lot of places really high up. And uh, yeah. So I left that for the final time. I hiked out of my hut after six seasons and I'm not going back, which is really sad. So that's my life update. But that has to do with the story as well. Okay. Want to hear mine? Yes. This isn't an update for you. This is an update for the listeners if they don't know me. Okay. I So I graduated Bentley in finance, finance degree, and now I'm using that degree at a hotel. And that's my life. That's every day. I, power to the people. I am working at a hotel in the accounting department. How is that power to the people? Megan was just cheering me on because <laughs> it's so boring. <laughs> but this is what I do on the side, and it's way more exciting. Not to offend anyone at Marriott, but it is an accounting job, so. Boring! Yes. No mountain climber. Yes. It's not as cool as my I do get to come home to my bed every day. Oh, yes, you have a bed, too. I have a bed. It's just a different shape than yours. It is in a bunk form, and it is very thin. But now I have a a home, which is nice. Yeah. This is true. All right. So that's our (laughs) updates. Let's get on with it. Okay. So episode three. My story has to do with this job I worked. It is a murder story. It doesn't take place in New Hampshire where I worked, but it does take place along the Appalachian Trail, which is, for those who don't know, because if you're not on the East Coast, maybe this isn't something that's as popular, but recently it was popularized when, like, movies like Wild with Reese Witherspoon, um, but that's the Pacific Crest Trail. And then there's um, A Walk in the Woods by Bill Bryson. That book became a movie with Robert Redford. Robert Redford? Yeah. I have no idea who that is. Yeah, uh, he's, he's well in. He, what? You don't know who Robert Redford is? Is he um, British? Nope. I have no idea. Okay. Robert Downey Jr.? Nope. I think he is British. No. Okay. Well, 
So Reese, anyways, lesson of that ramble is that recently more people have been informed on what the Appalachian Trail is, but if you do not know, it is this 2,200-ish mile-long trail that runs from Georgia to Maine. It starts at Springer Mountain in Georgia. It ends at um, Mount Katahdin in uh, Maine. And thousands of people attempt to hike that every year, just straight through, and those are called thru-hikers. Uh, you can also do section hikes, which is when you are like slowly doing the whole thing over periods of time throughout your life. Um, there's a bunch of different ways you can hike it. But I meet a lot of thru-hikers while I work in the northern part of the trail. Excuse me. And uh, yeah, so this is about a murder that took place this year Ooh. on the AT, Ooh. the Appalachian Trail. No way. Yes. It is. A, it was a big discussion throughout the thru-hiker community. So they would come through the hut and they'd all be like talking about it. And they're like, oh, mm-hmm. we are like so in danger and risking our lives every day. Yeah. Not to speak ill of the thru-hiker community, but a lot of them are really great people. I mean, but they, they can also... are, but they're not, like, I wouldn't think their danger is murder. I yeah, like exactly. danger would be weather. I spend so much time in the woods and I never, I feel like I'm in danger unless I'm listening to a scary podcast while I'm hiking. Yeah. It's, yeah, the danger is like wild animals or weather. It's not other people so it's pretty uncommon like a lot of people go to the woods to you know find peace and things like that you don't expect someone to hurt you while you're out there mm-hmm. and it's really uncommon I think there's only been like nine I think murders on the AT and the history of it being a thing which is like a hundred years like it's it's a long time mm-hmm. so it's like you were way more likely to be killed in any city because who would want to make that effort to hike it's mountain? such an effort yeah. and one of the backcountry facilities i worked in actually was robbed at gunpoint in the <gasps> 60s and they shot the person that was working there in the knee and then they like radioed the, for help and then there was just police waiting at the trailheads when they came down and they were just arrested oh immediately so, and it was like over like 40 dollars like really yeah because they didn't have much money like stupid so it's, like, not the smartest thing to commit a crime in the woods because they'll just be police waiting for you at the end. Anyways, that brings us to this story. So our story starts on Friday, May 10th of 2019, mm. this year. Four hikers were on the Appalachian Trail slash the AT. I'm going to call it the AT from now on. Um, and they were in Virginia in, like, the western part of New Virginia. <laughs> the western part of Virginia, <laughs> um, which was called Jefferson National Forest. So within that group, they're hiking. There's four of them, and they come across this 30-year-old man named James L. Jordan. Um, he is from West Yarmouth, Massachusetts. Hey, oh, that's in the Cape Cod nice. area. Yeah. Um, and the Cape Cape Cod area is a lot of the towns there are very poor, and they're really? yeah, a lot of the people that live there year-round are really poverty-stricken and um it's just like the town only really makes profit in the summer in a lot of those towns and so yeah it's like this whole thing anyways that's just a side side note so james l jordan who i will refer to as jordan for the rest of this story um he goes by the trail name sovereign so trail names are when you go on a through hike you are given a new name probably like a week a few weeks into your hike, they someone will someone will assign you a name based on like an event that happens. Um, but he gave himself this name. Okay, sovereign. Sovereign. Isn't that like <clears throat> like peaceful? I think it's like reigning over someone. Independent. Let's of, Google the definition. I mean, like I am an English major, but I just want to make sure I'm right. Yeah. Okay. It is. It's a ruler. Um, 
That's not what either of us said. No, I did. I said, I said, I think it's like a ruler. Oh, I didn't hear you say that. Yeah. It's a supreme ruler, especially a monarch. Okay. Possessing supreme or ultimate power. Okay. I see. So do you get the picture? Okay, I get it. I'm guessing he's the murderer. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know if he was the murdered or the murderer. You may be correct in that. Okay. So Sovereign slash Jordan was hiking. He came across these four hikers that mm-hmm. were also hiking. And according to court documents later, those four people, um, well, some of those four people claimed that Jordan was acting very strange, very disturbed and unstable. Mm-hmm. And he was, <laughs> quote, acting disturbed and unstable and was playing his guitar and singing. That sounds like every through hiker I've ever Literally. <laughs> he's not disturbed. He's just a through hiker. He's just a through hiker. Yeah, he's just at peace with the world. Yeah. I think that you can be disturbed and unstable and also be playing a guitar and singing. Yeah. And maybe they seem to be conjoined if you're being creepy. Yeah. But you can also totally sing and play yeah. guitar and not be creepy. That sounds like many people I've met. But I guess he was being, he was creepy. creeping them out. Okay. That night, they set up a camp. And then while they're asleep in their tents, or, like, laying down in their tents, Jordan, this, this man that was playing guitar, they had run into each other earlier, so mm-hmm. they, like, recognized him, or they recognized his voice. And he comes into their camp, I think uh-huh. it's, like, pretty late, like, midnight or maybe 1 a.m. at this point, and he starts mm-hmm. screaming at them all, like, from outside into their tents, because they're mm-hmm. in their own tents. Mm-hmm. And he starts screaming that he's going to pour gasoline onto mm-hmm. their tents and burn them to death. Oh, my God. And he starts making, quote, strange noises. From outside their tents and screaming this. So they decide that they need to move their camp. Yeah, and they don't want to be there anymore. (laughs) Yep. I'd be like, bye. But he's there. So they like, I guess this part is not completely clear based on the court documents and the reports. At some point, they try and relocate. So I'm assuming they like come out of their tents and maybe he's not there and they start packing up and then he comes back or he's Mm -hmm. just there the whole time. Mm -hmm. They kind of pack up their things and try to leave, but he starts threatening them with a 17-inch survival knife. 17 17 inch that's inch. like a foot and a half what kind of it's like a sword at that point it's like basically a sword that's like se- let's see like a, that's like a a foot that's a sword it's a sword, that's a sword. it's just a sword. a sword so he two of the hikers start running from him because yeah. they get scared because yeah. he's like i'm gonna burn gas pour gas in your pets and, absolutely absolutely he starts chasing them oh with no, the no, knife. no 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 oh god but like in the middle of nowhere, it's already scary. Yeah, nowhere. it's already like dark. They probably like I don't even know if they'd have to take out their flashlights. Like they're just running. Yeah, terrifying. But he gets tired and stops. Okay. So Not when likeable. he stops, they, he turns around and heads back to the campsite. And those two people call nine one one, and they explain that they're being chased um, by this man wielding a knife. And that call came in at two thirty a.m. So I'm assuming this is like all happening between like he comes in must be one thirty ish, two a.m. ish. So Jordan goes back to camp. When he gets back, there are two more people there. Mm-hmm. So There's the four of them. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, a male and a female. The male was 43-year-old Richard S. Sanchez Jr. He's from Oklahoma. He went by the trail named Stronghold. He was actually a veteran um, who was back and he was on the trail because he had a lot of PTSD symptoms and he was really, he just, apparently he would go to Walmart and be afraid of like Mm. these. It was just like, he couldn't live his life. So Mm. he decided to get some peace, go on this trail. Oh, I'm going to cry. Yeah. It's so sad. But when Jordan showed back up, did you hear my voice crack? Yeah, I heard that. Extremely bad. Yeah. Um, (laughs) So Jordan comes back to camp and the two are there. One is Richard Sanchez. Uh, and they start getting into a verbal altercation. Classic, because I would also be like, get away from me. This is terrifying. Yeah. 
And, uh, well, sorry, I'm trying to adjust here. Before long, Sanchez sends out an SOS signal on his phone. So I think it was like through an app or something. Okay. Um, but right as he's starting to do that, Sanchez, uh, Jordan starts stabbing Stan- Sanchez in the chest uh, and upper body. Jeez. How old um, is he? 43. Okay. And he was, he was PTSD from the army. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the female who was there, they never release her name. And I'm assuming that's just protect her because yeah. she didn't want to be connected. Uh-huh. She was one of the four hikers. Mm-hmm. Okay. So she's watching this happen. Yeah. She sees Sanchez pull out his phone to send a signal and then start getting stabbed yeah. and he falls to the ground. She starts running. Yeah. And the second that Sanchez is on the ground, Jordan starts running after her. Oh my she God. She gets tired <clears throat> and puts up her hands in the fence um, as though like to say, you know, I surrender. And he starts stabbing her as well. He stabs her several times. Yeah. And she does what I've I always think I'm going to do. Falls to the ground and plays dead. Yeah, I would do that too. Yeah. So she's laying there. Ble- she's been stabbed several yeah, yeah, times. Yeah. Like she is bleeding. And she's on the top of a mountain. Yeah. She's like, I think it's five miles from the road <gasps> at this point. Oh, God. And so. My nightmare. He, Jordan, this is the one that's stabbing them with a 17-inch knife yeah. sword. Goes back to camp because he's trying to find his dog. But he oh also has a dog. He's a dog. He's a dog. He's a dog owner. He has these. I know, right? Things? I want that. That dog needs a new owner. Oh God, He's I'll so take her. Better. So, Jordan goes back to look for his dog, and while he is looking for his dog, she gets up and runs down the trail. Mm-hmm. She comes across uh, a couple that's camping just up the trail, a little ways away. They help her by dressing her wounds and taking her. Oh, it's six miles. Hiking her six miles to the oh, road. Jeez. Where they call nine one one, and she is transported to a hospital in Bristol, Tennessee. This is honestly the reason why it scares me the most to visit you, because I know it's <laughs> whenever you're in the mountains. Because I know it's just so far from civilization. If you yeah. wanted to get there, like it would take you a long time. It would you take you yourself. a lot longer if you're injured, for sure. Yeah, yeah if you hurt yourself, like break your ankle or whatever, like yeah. If you break your ankle, you might have to get carried out. And a yeah. lot of people don't know this, but when you get hurt in the wild or in the backcountry, if you hurt your leg and you can't walk, you have to be carried out in what they call a litter, which is basically like a stretcher that has like straps on it to hold so people can hold you. Mm-hmm. You need to call people in to help. That mm-hmm. takes a while. That takes a couple hours to come get you, put you on the litter, hike you out. It's like the longest thing. It'll If you're like five miles in the woods, it's like a 12-hour thing to get you out so but she could walk so it only i don't think it's that long cool so they hike her six miles six miles yeah like two hours probably but she's also like bleeding she's been stabbed several times police are now looking for this man and looking for the other Mm -hmm. sanchez who was stabbed they use the cell phone pings from when he sent that sos message which did get sent through they locate him via that cell phone ping and they start hiking up to find him. When they approach the scene, they come across a lonely dog Aww. who was waiting by the side of Sanchez's lifeless body. Aww. He had succumbed to his injuries, and the large knife that was used to kill him was abandoned near his body. Mm, poor dog. And, do- and dead person. I know. Yeah. Um, Jordan was detained pretty quickly after the attack, and he was found with blood-soaked clothes pretty close to where, they, where the crime scene was. Like other people's blood. Yes. Yeah. So he was detained pretty quickly. Okay. But then they start looking into his past and I started reading more into his history and it got very interesting. Okay. So apparently he had been acting odd and disturbing 
I read that wrong. <laughs> Apparently, he had been acting odd and disturbing other hikers for six weeks leading up to this point. Okay. All like all on the trail. All within the Virginia section of the trail. Okay. At this point, I'm pretty sure he's not even through hiking. He's <laughs> just like hanging around Virginia and terrifying yeah. people. He had harassed through hikers in a shelter in Tennessee, leading to reports of his behavior to local police. He told other hikers that it's going to be a bad day for hikers on the trail, which concerned authorities after their reports of harassment. Mm -hmm. But after there was a short search sent out for him that was unsuccessful, they stopped looking. I think it was like one day they couldn't find him and they were like, all right, that's good enough. Sounds familiar. Yeah. So he started hiking in March. So like late, late March. Did he start in Georgia or start in Virginia? I think he, I don't know, and none of the reports explain where he started, Mm -hmm. but I'm assuming, and we'll kind of get to this later, he just, I think he just goes to Virginia. Okay. In April, he was reportedly standing at trailheads asking what the password was to Entel. (laughs) He was standing at trailheads asking what the password was to enter the trail while holding the knife out towards them. Oh my God. I would just turn around and be like, yeah, I would not be hiking that day. I'm never hiking in my life again. Yep. So that was reported to police as well. Mm -hmm. They didn't do anything. Mm -hmm. Next day, he walks across Trail Angels at a junction. And uh, Trail Angels are anyone who gives a thru-hiker something. So, like, if you offer a ride or if you give someone, like, a beer on the trail, like, things like that. Mm -hmm. And when you give them something that is called trail magic. So he came across Trail Angels at a junction um, who were giving out things to thru-hikers as they came by, like, drinks like soda and beer and things like that i think um he started yelling at them and shouting at them other hikers uh nearby got concerned and he started trashing shelters which led to another call to authorities and they still didn't do anything still have not done anything another report came in to police saying that he poured alcohol on a campfire by a shelter where several where several other hikers were gathered and it made the flames erupt wildly as he told them all that he was going to burn the shelter down oh my god in an online hiker forum others reported jordan threatening them by shoving a knife into their sleeping bag (gasps) that he burned a log book used to track hikers as they came through sites and that he this is get this, that he defecated all over one of the shelters. That's the worst thing he did. Okay, I think that's disgusting. Get this, guys. Don't even think about the murder. <laughs> he pooped. He pooped. He pooped on the shelter. Wait, so he pooped on the ground or like in the... I think when they say shelter, they mean like a small three-sided shelter that people sleep in. Like they make it themselves? Mm-mm. I don't get what a shelter is. It's like a permanent fixture in the woods that has three sides, like a floor, a wall and then an angled wall on top uh, of it. So there's like one open side and oh, you I just see. like yeah, yeah. put your sleeping bag in there. Okay. He um, just pooped all over it. I guess so. He defecated. He defecated <laughs> all over that site. He also reported How do they know it was him? I guess people saw him do it. Oh, okay. Ew. I don't know, man. Weird. I would be so weird though. Uh, yeah. Um he was also reported to be screaming at himself while he was staying in shelters with others. He would leave trash all over the trail and <laughs> cotton socks. So, two things here. Well, I guess it's really creepy if you're screaming at yourself while other people are, like, hanging around. You're just in the corner screaming at yourself. Well, it sounds like just walking down the street in Watertown or Boston. Well, it's <laughs> very unsettling. It's very I'm so sorry for you. You see people yelling at themselves all the time here. But it would be weird if you were in the middle of the woods and you saw them doing that. That's very, yes. Yeah. I'm um, terrified. The things that are weird about that is that he left trash all over the trail and cotton socks. And now... Yeah. 
leaving trash on the trail, like through hikers do that, but also most of the time they know like the ethics of the wilderness and you know you don't leave trash on the trail. Like that's just so disrespectful. Yeah. Um, and if you're hiking like a long distance, you would have done some research, you would have known like well, I mean, if you're a person, you would yeah, know not to just not leave to trash that. all over the trail. Mm-hmm. But it's so not like a through hiker thing to do. And cotton socks, also not a through hiker thing. Like everyone that is hiking in the backcountry, you should know that cotton kills. And yeah. like you do not wear cotton. Absorbs your sweat. Right? Yeah, it cools, it cools you down. down. Yeah. yeah. You need to wear a wicking. Which kind of could insinuate that he wasn't actually like hiking yeah. long distances. So a short time after all of these reports are coming in, mm-hmm. he's finally apprehended because he has a fake ID. Well, so someone calls it in a report on his odd behavior. They come to check it out. Finally, he is found with a fake ID and marijuana, which he said he had. He just like immediately told them. Mm-hmm. Um, but at this point, it's legal. He's in Virginia. It's so not it's, legal. It's not legal. Oh. And he has that 17-inch knife. Oh, right. It's only legal in Massachusetts. Massachusetts, Maine, California, California, Colorado, Washington. Yeah. I don't know where else. So they can take him in. They can arrest him on the fake ID charge and the drug charge. Okay. They haven't really had like a tangible like thing to arrest him on, I guess, Uh even though he's threatening people. So I guess they finally have a reason to arrest him. Since none of the hikers who called to complain were willing to press charges, that's all they had. Because they each had just such a little piece of it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so, and I also feel like pressing charges while you're trying to hike right. the AT, like... Just too much work. Yeah. So, they can't... I guess they couldn't press charges since they weren't... These people that were being... Like, that were the victims of that mm-hmm. weren't pressing the charges. So, now that they have a reason to arrest him that he can't avoid... And that he didn't even try to avoid. He literally is like, I have marijuana. Yeah. We saw, have you seen, you saw Good Boys, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, hey, that's like. Yes. Uh, it's, like, it's like, we have, uh, we have drugs. Oh, yeah, they have, have Molly. That was <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Um, Good movie. So he pleads guilty and is ordered to stay off the trail. And he spends one day in jail. <laughs> oh, God. Which is like, honestly, kind of good because people are really overcharged for drug. Yeah, yeah. Drug charges these days, um, but he's also. That's not even the drug thing that's. Oh yeah, that's not the drug thing that makes me mad. It's the fact that he's like harassing these people. Yeah, exactly. And he's ordered to stay off the trail because I think they know that like that's a big thing and he needs to be off. So they put that into his sentencing, but obviously he ignores that. Right, because the slicing. Because of the slicing to come. Yeah. So he goes back to the trail and people, they're not even like, the police aren't releasing any of this information to the public. So they're not like warning anyone to look out for him, which is ridiculous. The only way people know is that there's like an app that a lot of thru-hikers use, pretty much all thru-hikers use, and there is forums. And that's the only way that this information is spreading through people that encounter him and put it on these forums, basically. So some of the community does know about him, but not because police are warning them. Okay. So at one point, uh, a former thru-hiker who's kind of like this idolized figure in the thru-hiking community, um, his name is Matthew Norman. He goes by the trail name Odie. He recognizes Jordan while he's out hiking one day and invites him over to dinner at his house. And he hopes that he can convince him to leave the trail for his own safety and for the safety of others. And Jordan says, yes, let's go to dinner. So they go to his house. According to an Outside Magazine article, Quote, Jordan told Norman that hikers, who Jordan called the mountain people, were being threatened by infiltrators who were trying to steal their instruments. What? I don't know what that means. Infiltrators that are trying to steal their instruments? Like they're Yeah, what? so the mountain people... The mountain people are... Oh, what if it's an alien thing? 
maybe. Maybe he's an alien. I think he's considering himself a mountain person. And he thinks that these thru-hikers are, like, infiltrating these mines. Oh, I see. But, like, he's from Massachusetts. Like, why is he? Yeah. So he's, like, not a mountain person. Yeah. Um, Norman, this thru-hiker that's inviting him to dinner, offers to buy him a Greyhound bus ticket. And Jordan accepts. Ooh, get <laughs> he, out. He wants him out of there. So the two, along with Jordan's dog, travel 90 miles to Johnson oh, City, Tennessee. Him? Yeah, he goes with him. He drives him, to, he drives him to the bus station oh, 90 miles away. Oh, the bus station's 90 miles away. Yes. Okay, okay. Which is I like, he, like ridiculously far away for a bus station. Yeah. So the dog and him spend the night in a Tennessee motel. And then on May 3rd, Jordan boarded a bus northbound and Norman leaves. So Norman's there. They spend the night. Sees him off the bus. The next day, they're on the. They get on the bus. They leave, and then they disembark the next stop. <laughs> oh jeez! They drive ninety miles to take a bus one stop. But also, like it's a, a Greyhound bus. I'm assuming it's kind of far. Yeah. Away. Um, but I don't know where that stop was. So fruitless. Yeah, it doesn't do anything. Yes. On May fifth, more complaints start coming in. This time in Shenandoah National Park. These complaints have been coming in for six weeks, and Virginia law enforcement admitted that they were well aware of the threats um, that Jordan had been posing to hikers, but they did not release any sort of information, warning hikers, as I said, about any possible danger. So that's all the six weeks leading up to this man's death and mm-hmm. the woman's injuries. And then Jordan's immediately arrested. Okay, good. Jordan was found unfit to stand trial in July of this year um, because of... Uh, Being crazy? Yes, basically. Okay. <laughs> he didn't plead insanity, I don't think, but they just decided you but, are insane. Yeah. And uh, yes. Some. So he was ordered to a federal rehabilitation center until he was deemed fit for trial. Okay. So, how did he become crazy? <laughs> <laughs> Let's find out. Let's find out. Um, Jordan obviously had a horrible childhood. Yeah, Classic. Classic. Um, his father was abusive to his mother, but died when he was about six. So he didn't know his father that well, but okay. he really fucked up his mother. His mother became ended up being a very heavy drinker, was also abusive to Jordan, and he could leave at days at a time and she wouldn't even care or notice. He started drinking and using drugs when he was still a child, like under 13 years old. Jeez. Oh, when he was 13, he was arrested for breaking into a car. His mother would kick him out frequently, and he would sleep in dugouts or stairways, things like that. Um, some of his friends reported that Jordan even killed small animals as a teenager. Aww, like Kaylee did. Oh, <laughs> yeah, our cousin Kaylee killed multiple animals by accident because she just hugged them too yeah, tight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't think it was malicious. It was, just... it was not malicious. She just held them too tight. It's not crazy. She's not crazy. She's very, very sad about those things. She's now a vegan. Like, yeah. She loves animals. Okay, so according to the Boston Globe, which is one of the main sources I used for this, the Boston Globe I used and Outside Magazine. Um, So according to the Boston Globe, Jordan's friends would call him JJ when he was a kid. They saw him as childish and searching, but that when his paranoia flared up, his pupils would dilate and he would slip into what close friends would call the shimmer. Hmm, that sounds like the shining. It kind of sounds like in... (laughs) Um, get out when he, oh, yeah, he's into the sunken place. Oh, jeez. Yeah. But it's weird his body would, like, physically react to something. Yeah, he basically goes into this state of paranoia, and, yeah, his pupils literally dilate. That's so creepy. Yeah, and he would act like he's not there, like, he's very far away, and... Hmm? It's dissociative disorder? It could be. Oh, creepy. They called this place the Shimmer. His, his friends did, so I'm assuming that's probably what he called it. 
They said it was a terrifying plane somewhere beyond reality where ravens swooped and the government conducted experiments and incinerated bodies. Hmm. Not too far off. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, (laughs) sometimes I get into that place too. (laughs) Oh my God. Cool. Okay. (laughs) In June of 2013, he wrote on social media, Extreme apathy and empathy has pushed me on the edge of existential nihilism. The wolf in me barely has tears left and is close to empty. Whoa, that's so weird. I was just watching this, this show. Me and Megan were just watching before you got here. And I was like, men are either a wolf or what was it a wolf or a, a dog or something? It was like lamb, lamb or something. Oh. It's like one lamb or a sheep. Sheep maybe. Because like, there's that expression of wolf in sheep's clothing. Maybe. But one of them was like, they see women and they like love women or whatever. And then the other one is like dominant over women or something like that. That's where they just call it. can be both. Maybe. I don't know. know. This is just in this this show. um, I have whole other thoughts on that. Anyways, that show is wrong and I'm right. (laughs) In February of 2019, Jordan attended what is called the Rainbow Festival in Florida where he was convinced that his food was being laced with research chemicals. So he left this festival, not quite, but almost immediately went to the trail. He's like, screw peace. These people are weird. <laughs> Florida. I'm going to save the mountain people. Yeah. Now we're back to the crime scene. Oh, whoa. Time travel. So just hours after Jordan had killed Sanchez, the police were arresting him, and he apparently was incredibly calm, just like hiding oh, behind a bush and just so standing there weird. watching them and like waiting for them to come to him. Yeah. And he says when they start arresting him, very calmly, I'm glad you got here just in time. Somebody was just standing over my head with a rock. Ew. What? He's just like pretending he isn't the killer? No, I think he knows he's the killer. And I think he is, he probably admitted to it. I actually don't know. But he thought somebody else was there trying to kill him. Ooh. He said his pupils were dilated. Schizophrenia? Very, very possible. Ooh. Very, very possible. Let me show you a photo of him. Okay. Oh, God. I hate seeing photos. Megan, come see this. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh, it's so weird looking. Sorry. Please don't murder me if you get out of jail. Oh. He's not even in jail. Oh, He's no. in a rehabilitation oh, center. okay. Well, hopefully I didn't get out. This is him also, like, without, I think, in here, he's in the shimmer. He's his his mugshot. He looks very much withdrawn. He's like literally not even looking forward. Yeah, like one of his eyes, eyes is like, like different up. than the other. Yeah, and they're like looking. He's like a slight up. Smile. One of them's bigger. One of his pupils is bigger than the other. Yeah, I swear. He's very. He looks very deranged. There's something wrong. And then there's these other like social media photos, and he looks like just yeah, a normal, normal dude. Just like a James Jordan. I wrote James Jordan West Yarmouth, Massachusetts. Um, oh yeah, on April 17th of this year, he wrote, looking for crew, sovereign cartel, shutting down folks that deserve it. That's so weird. It's, it's like so, code, kind of. so weird. Anyways, and that is the story of James Jordan and the Appalachian Trail. Oh, that's creepy. Well, if you need to giggle to allow you to go to sleep or move on with your day, you should go watch Modern Family Season 11, Episode 4. It's on Hulu. It's called Pool Party. It is amazing. It features a Lizzo song. It features body positivity. And, uh, yeah, I'm obsessed with Modern Family. <laughs> so you I should really haven't, like, watched that much. Definitely, definitely you need to go watch that. Um, it's a great episode. <laughs> Bye! Bye.
you enjoyed this episode, we would love for you to go follow our Instagram at one eye open podcast. Or if you have your own stories or suggestions for episodes, please send us an email at oeopod at gmail.com.